You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slapdick Podcast. Last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' What up, what up, Real Coach JB here, my main man Spree. What's going on? Another day, another dollar, podcast, this is episode 10, man, it seems like we've done uh, 10 of them so fast. Uh, it's only been a few weeks. We're still learning and getting our feet wet in this process. So, excuse us. We're drowning. Yeah, excuses for <laughs> any fuck-ups we may have here and there. Um, but this is the Slap Dick Podcast, so hence the name. We fuck up, and it's real shit. Real life shit, every day. You get what you get, and I don't give a fuck if you don't like it. <laughs> um, quote of the day, fellas. This is real quick and simple. 2020. It's a great year to have a great year. That's not the quote, but uh, make sure you guys are making this year a, a great one. But listen. 2020. 2020 already. Man. Effort requires zero fucking talent, man. Effort requires absolutely zero talent. And that goes for everybody in everyday life, man. You know, whether you're a CEO, Fortune 500 company, or if you're a uh, football coach, or if you're a damn uh, line worker on the docks, or whatever you do, um, Bust your ass, work hard, turn over rocks, and you never know something good may happen. And usually good shit happens to good people. So um, effort requires zero talent. So hot topics of the day, man. First of all, man, I, you know, it's, 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 it's January 2nd, or what is it, 3rd, January 3rd, um, Friday. And, um, you know, playoff weekend starts tomorrow. Yes. Um, some bowl games have happened, New Year's Day, some bowl games, different things. Um my dumb ass went out and got another fucking family member. Um, her name is Callie. It's a pit bull female. It's a companion for Stogie. I've been taking a little heat on Twitter about this deal. Um, <laughs> really? People think <laughs> they know me. They're like, you're buying it to breed and you can't breed her and she's not old enough. And I, oh, first shit. of all, she's eight weeks old. No fucking shit she's not old enough to have babies. And Stogie's name is R. Kelly, by the way. So oh, don't worry shit. about all that age shit. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> he, he, we're trying to keep Stogie from fucking spree every day. So that's why I went out and got him a companion. Thank now, that doesn't you, mean you. it's for having babies right now. If we have babies, we have babies. If not, we, we don't. But he deserves another companion so he can stay busy and calm his ass down. He's two years old now, so he he, he deserves something. So, you know, we're just that's what we've done. And let's uh, clear the airways on that shit. Um, listen, man, David Stern, uh, you know, a lot of people, um, credit David Stern with creating what the NBA is today, which is a, a great league, you know, and, uh, you know, silver runs it now, but, you know, David Stern ran it and, uh, created a lot of, uh, great, great things that continue to happen every day in the NBA is started and created by David Stern. He passed away, unfortunately. 77 years old, so I know uh, losing someone like that at that age is unfortunate. He wasn't that old, relatively speaking. So he uh, he passed away, man. R.I.P. David Stern, his family, and I know the NBA is, uh, um, you know. Yeah, he, did, he did a lot of things for the league. Huh? Yeah, so they've lost a great one, and, uh, you know, I know everyone's mourning over him. Um, 
So some bowl games happen over the weekend or over the week. Um, the Rose Bowl still, in my opinion, continues to be the granddaddy of them all. The atmosphere was great. It was packed. Um, it was a great show uh, after the Rose Parade, obviously, in Pasadena, California. Um, a great matchup. Oregon played Wisconsin. Um, you know, a pound-pound team in Wisconsin plays great defense um, against an Oregon team that wants to try to spread you out, go fast. Not like the Chip Kelly era fast, but they they have their own identity um, and under Mario Cristobal. So, um, Oregon beat them out, man. They got them. They got the win. It was a great game, I thought. I mean, Oregon only had 215, 20 yards total offense in the whole game. Um, and I thought that was uh, remarkable to win the game. They got a, you know, I know they got a special teams uh, or a defensive score. Wisconsin botched a, a punt. Uh, the, the punter just dropped a snap. Simple as that. They replaced the punter later on. Um, but they lose 28-27, I believe, by one. Um, so it was a good game. Or Georgia, they beat Baylor. It was another decent matchup as far as uh, rankings go. You know, one of my kids, Jermaine Johnson, got a bowl win uh, with Georgia. Um, and Baylor should have pulled up, you know. Yeah, it was. A, they were getting that beat like 19 nothing. They came back, made it interesting, but it wasn't never really in, never really was out of Georgia's grasp. That coach was, Baylor coach was just fucking over there. Well, he's entertaining so the NFL. Oh yeah, he's entertaining NFL oh, yeah. games. He loud. He let his team know that he was entertaining NFL teams. Oh, shit. And and I think when you do that with 18, 19, 20 year olds, I believe yeah. that the kid they'll they'll, they'll, lose they'll, they'll, they'll they'll shit on you now. <laughs> um, they don't know. I don't think they realize um, what's all at stake um, or what's at hand. So it's all about that money, baby. Yeah. So Georgia pulls that off. Um, Alabama beats Michigan pretty handily. Uh, my boy Coach Sarkeesian called a great game on offense. I thought they ran a couple of things that would fuck Michigan up. Uh, Michigan has a pretty decent defense, so I think they handled them. The receiver um, for uh, Alabama is just different. Judy, I think his name is, he's just a lot better uh, than Michigan's defensive backs were. Um, and uh, Harbaugh is fucking an average gym. I guess I'm going to call it Jim Harbaugh. That motherfucker's average. Mm. Um, just so you know, P.J. Fleck, second year at Minnesota, has already won 11 games in that conference in his second year. Jim Harbaugh has yet to win 11 games um, at Michigan. So, relatively speaking, where the fuck is going on? How can Michigan not win 11, but Minnesota can win 11? Um, blows my mind that he makes, what, $9 million a year? Harbaugh does. Um so there you go with that. Um, we have a guest coming on today. Uh, uh, one of my former players, man, I, I, I think the world of the kid, Coy Dang. He's a starting linebacker at the University of Cal Berkeley. They won a bowl game, the Red Box Bowl game. They beat Illinois uh, this past week. And uh, and uh, he'll be coming on a little bit uh, later on on the show. Uh, not too long away. Um, last little thing for the Hot Tops. We got NFL playoffs coming up. I want to give you my picks and Spree's thoughts on the playoffs. Um, the Bills got the Texans spree. I, I'm going to go with the Texans because of the experience in this deal. Mm-hmm. First year quarterback with the Bills. I think uh, Deshaun Watson's battle tested. Um, I think uh, Coach O'Brien at Texans have, has been there, done that. I think he's uh, he's a winner. I think they're going to play well. Um, who you got? I'm running with the Bills, man. You going to go with the Bills? Yeah, yeah. The Bills, the Bills in the building. Okay. They play good ball. You know, the young QBs, 
doing his thing. As long as he don't fuck up. Yeah, that's not easy as like to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the turnovers and shit. <laughs> don't fuck it up. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So uh, then that New England league and all that, I think uh, they're better than New England. Well, New England yes. beat them twice. Yes, but so. they're still a little better. Yeah, well, Playoffs. That's the oxymoron, I guess. But we'll go with what he said on that. He is a slapdick. He is wearing a slapdick sweater for Go a reason. Bills. Uh, he's my boy, but you know. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Lonnie Johnson, the corner number 32 for the Texans. Um, played for me at Garden City in Juco. Uh, brought him out to Garden City uh, years ago. and uh, He was a second-round pick this year for the Texans. He's doing well this year. Um, okay, I got the uh, Titans at the, at the Patriots. Okay, um, I'm going Patriots. I just got to go with the veteran leadership. It's hard to go against them in a wild card matchup. I think New England's pissed that they're in a wild card game. I think they're going to have something to prove. Um, but hey, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, Shit, they didn't they um, didn't they beat them already once in, during the season? I don't know. I'm not sure on that one. Um, but sure. but I do know it's a wild card game and it's in New England and. Uh, you know, Titans are playing well. I think they're playing well. I, th- I like the quarterback right now. He's, he's uh, Tannehill. He's playing well. Um, that running back. Yeah, Henry, running Henry's going to be hard balling. to stop. Shit. Um, well, so, big. Yeah, so I like the Patriots in that one just because of. Me too. Just because of the, the fucking Patriots. Patriots. Yep, yep. Um, okay, moving on to the NFC. Vikings versus the Saints. Um, two years ago, they had a great matchup. Um, and. Uh, you know, it was a great, great game. I don't know. I, I'm leaning towards the Saints. Uh, Who that? Yeah, uh, I'm leaning towards the Saints and uh, and uh, and Drew uh, Brees to get it done. Um, I just don't think that Cousins can win the big one. He's yet to win on a Monday night fucking game. I, I surely ain't gonna pick him to win a fucking playoff oh, game. Yeah. Um, I'm leaning towards the Saints. You? Yes. Who that? Saints. Who that? Huh? I got my Who that hat on Hence today. The hat on. Hat on today, and you know I'm a Rams fan, but I follow the Saints. Got people from Louisiana, and uh, yeah, those Saints, man. Okay, so leading up to our next NFL NFC game, we got the Seahawks who won 11 games, having to travel to fucking Philadelphia because they won the shittiest conference in football. That's practice. Um, you talking about there's a wild card or is that practice scrimmage game? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I mean, uh, you know, I like the I like Coach Peterson at the Eagles. I think he does a great job. But with uh, you know, with not as he's been, they, I know the Eagles have fucking damaged goods this year. They're hurt. They're banged up. Um, he's done a hell of a job with what they've had, uh, from what I've seen. Um, but I'm just going to have to go with Coach Carroll and the Seahawks in this yes. one. I think Marshawn Lynch will have a, a even more more. Uh, more t- more lead in the tank, I believe, uh, this week, and I think he'll uh, he'll prove and show out, and I think Seahawks come back home and get ready to play a, a, a division winner. Yeah, Beast gonna be able to practice, get one more practice uh, yeah. scrimmage game in, get his legs up under him with this game. Yeah, um, shit, Seahawks, man, uh, but they gotta change the bullshit with the playoffs and all that, man. All these garbage ass teams making it and wild card, you you know what I mean? That shit's garbage to me. Yeah. That that'll be on a whole nother. Another topic, you know what I mean? But uh, get rid of these fucking sorry-ass teams making these fucking wild cards and shit. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, that's just kind of like how we were talking the other day about the BCS bowl games. 
Um, man, I want to give a shout out, man, to Sam Weish. Uh, if any of you young guys don't know who Sam Weish is, he was a Cincinnati Bengals coach for a long time. He passed away uh, as we're doing as we uh, he passed away last night or yesterday afternoon, um, Thursday, um, unfortunately. So I wanted to uh, give another shout out. Not only David Stern passed, but Sam Weish passed. Um, could have won a few Super Bowls, man. Had a great couple t- shots. Uh, and if it wasn't for those Niners, um, mm. but uh, he could have had a few more. So, uh, Sam Weiss, great coach. Um, with with uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals, passed away uh, uh, Thursday the second, January second. So two two good ones are already gone in 2020. Unfortunately, um, you know, time don't play. It's a thief. Thief in the night. But remember, effort requires zero talent. And uh and we're gonna get in uh to our, our, our call, man. Um Mr. Coy Dang, like I said. Um he uh he's a starting linebacker at Cal. Uh, did a great job this year. Played for me at Independence last year on the show. Um and we'll talk about the show and a couple things. Um you know, why he chose not to be around the cameras as much as a lot of other people and some other uh, topics we'll discuss. And, and then Spree's a former linebacker himself, so he'll have some questions for Dang. And and uh, it's a different ball game than we played when we played, but um, Spree will understand what he's going through if he hasn't watched him yet because, you know, I think Coy's plays a little bit out of place because of their scheme. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we'll, we'll bring all those things up. And... Uh, and I want to appreciate Coy for coming on, and he'll be calling in, and we'll uh, we'll get after it. So look forward to that, and then we'll come back to you after after Coy leaves, and uh, we'll get back to a few more things that we have um, on the discussion board. So um, we're going to talk about a couple things about high school recruiting and high school transfer rules in California, uh, the CIF rules. A buddy of mine was getting after it with uh, one of the LA Times beat writers on Twitter. I noticed it. Um, I asked uh, my main man to come on the the show. Um, He respectfully had to decline, but um, we will get him on maybe one other day, but I'm going to discuss it for him. So, hey, Coy Dang will be calling in right now, and we're going to welcome him to the show. Mr. Dang, what's going on? Hey, what's good, Coach? Man, you good? You can can you hear me well? You got do I got you? You hear us? Yeah, I'm also I can hear you. Okay, cool, cool. Hey, my my main man Spree, man, he played linebacker with me in college, man. He uh he's also one of my co hosts, man. He's on and, and what's uh, going on, Corn? Can you hear him? Hey, what's up, Spree? How you doing? Yes, sir. Okay, cool, good. cool, 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 cool. Hey man, I appreciate you coming on, man. We won't hold you too long. I know it's a uh, day after New Year's and all that stuff, so we're trying to uh you know, get this podcast going, man. I said everybody wanted me to do one, so I said, shit, I might as well, man. So uh, get it going, and, and you know, I'm going to have Jermaine come on and Emmett and a couple other guys, Calvin Jackson, and a couple guys from the before you came to Indy. Um, Emmett Gooden, who's at Tennessee and got hurt this year, and Raheem Boyd and a few other guys are going to come on, and uh, it'll be interesting. But I wanted to get you on, man, because as, a, as if the if the fans out there don't know, um, Coin was one of my favorite kids, man. I think he was the best leader by far, our only leader last year on our on our team. And uh, I think he, ex- you know, he uh, he exemplifies man uh, leadership and, and class act, man. So I I appreciated the hell out of him for his tenure there for with me. Uh, I wish we had a better damn year. We had a horrible season um, based on a lot of things, and we'll we'll get to that. But 
Um, man, I got to ask you, man, how's your grades? I don't care about none of that other shit. You know me. <laughs> how's those grades, man? I know they're good. If I had to bet my house on it, I would say they're good. But you are at Cal Berkeley, and it is a great damn educational institution. So how's the grades going, man? They a little different than Indy? <laughs> Uh, the grades are good, and yeah, it's a little it's a little tougher here, but I, I think I'm doing all right. Uh, good, yeah, good. I'm just trying to stay up on everything. No doubt, I know you are, man, and I know you. I know you're a hell of a time manager, so I know you can manage um, football with the classrooms like a lot of kids can't do when they transition from JUCO to D1. So, so, so getting into that, man. How, how was the holidays? You straight? Yeah, the holidays were good. The holidays were straight. I was with the family, and oh, then uh, good. you know. You know, we played the ball game. We came back for the ball game, and then uh, New Year's. You know, I just well, I just did some security work, some security in the city. They pay good. So. Heck yeah, we'll get into all that college paying stuff later on. But yeah, I hear you. That's unfortunate. You got to work. That's crazy. But what? Um, so what's been the biggest transition, man? I know you just won a bowl game, so you know, congrats. I hit you up the other day. You you won the Red Box game against Illinois. Um, you guys beat an NFL former head coach. Um, and uh, I know a couple guys on that staff well, and so that, they they were playing well this year too. You know they could have beat a couple, you know, teams this year. They they came back and played well and beat Michigan State. I know, and um, so they they were probably not you know not no pushover, but you guys handled them pretty well. I thought um, won a bowl game. That's a huge feat. I don't care what bowl game it is. I mean, a college bowl game goes down in in, in your uh, football history lore, so to speak. So you could have that forever. Um, What's been the biggest transition from from JUCO to 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 Cal or to four year institution like a Division One Pac twelve Power Five school that you're at? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think for me personally, uh, the transition was probably just on the field, uh, being asked to play different positions and do some different things than I had done before. So it was it was something that I had to, you know, be in the playbook a lot, study a lot, and get a lot of a lot of mental reps and a lot of reps on the field. So, no doubt, no doubt. Now I, I talked to Spree before we you got you called in. He don't know um, really nothing much about you, but I told him I said, you know, coin six six. You know, what do you weigh now? Two forty around there still? You beefed up yet? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm still sitting around like two twenty five, two thirty. Okay, so. so Spree, so you know, he's six six, two thirty. He's playing Man. in the, he's playing a lot of inside backer for them based on their scheme. Wow. So you know what I'm saying? So I you know, I and I know there's coaches over there, Coy, and I know that it's a you know, you guys are playing a lot of that stuff and I know what you guys are doing schematically, so I know why you have to play it. But a lot of the, the average Joe fans out there, yeah, they may think six six and they they may think you're supposed to be outside stand up guy. Rushing the passer and all those things. Willie and McGinnis, Willie McGinnis type. Willie McGinnis type, who 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 Spree played with growing up. So we so we understand it, but as a but maybe you can un, you can like give the fans um, kind of a breakdown on why you're playing a lot of inside backer compared to rushing the passer from the outside because of the scheme or what have you. So you might want to talk to them about that just a little bit so you can explain um, the transition because you played outside backer and a lot of edge. Um, carried, you know, second route runners up the field vertically and at independence in junior college and now you're playing more in the box. So so explain that a little bit and as far as the transition as far as that goes. Yes, yeah, so I mean on every football team it's all about uh you know the personnel that you have and, and what they're capable of doing. And so, you know, for me, it's one of those things where playing on the outside is something I could certainly do if I'm asked to. 
but uh, you know, just for my team and, and what we need to get done, uh, I think you know being on the inside was important, and they had a lot of trust in me to be able to be on the inside to communicate and to you know make plays and tackle the ball carriers and be productive. So that's no kind of where we're at with that. How'd your body hold up playing that inside spot, having to take on more? You know, interior guys coming in, trying to get second level to you and trying to get a hat on you. And I know you're athletic as hell. And, and, and you know, I know you got banged up. You got a little labrum. I know uh, it takes a toll on you, man. You're tall, long, and athletic, and you're having to take on guards and, and double teams and trying to work to the backer level. And you're trying to defeat that. It's a little it's a little different down in the trenches, huh? Yeah, and plus you're having to deal with RPO and the Pac-12. I mean... You know, is that has that been a challenge, or you 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 took it on head on, and like I know you do, and it's been okay. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun to to you know take take that challenge on and be able to compete. You know, and be able to have a chance to get in on just about every play. So yeah. it's been cool. I mean, you get to make more tackles, and you get to you know communicate and, and you know have some leadership on the defense. So for me, it's been a lot of fun. And in terms of the body, I mean, uh, you know, I was able to play in all 13 games, play a majority of the snaps. Yeah. And so to be able to do that, uh, you know, come out of the season uh, relatively healthy, man, that's a blessing in itself. So not, you know, not everybody can come out of the season, play that many snaps and be able to, you know, end the season healthy. And so, um, you know, I got to get a little labrum surgery. And there'll be a little bit of recovery that comes with that. But, uh, you know, to be able to stay on my own two feet and, and play the entire season, uh, that's, that's a blessing in itself. So, No doubt. And I know you're hard-nosed and you weren't backing down and you ain't going to turn shit down. So uh, let them fans know. I know you a labor wasn't going to stop you. So that's kudos to you for that and, and the staff and everything. Um, so let me ask you this, man. Um, we got, you know, they want to know, like uh, – the last chance you obviously, so everybody knows. Coy was on our show, and uh, he was on this last chance you show when they filmed us, um, which I could care less about as far as the cameras and either Coy, which I appreciated. Um, a lot of guys want to be on the camera. A lot of guys wanted to be have their Twitter followers go up, so to speak. Coy never did. He didn't give a shit. He he stayed low. He handled his classroom stuff. He was but his head was in the books and, and in the in the in the in the film room, and he knew his opponent like no other. And that's something you got to respect out of a guy that's coming from a different. He came from another university, came to us, uh, gave us a shot to get him to where you know he couldn't get himself, and that's what my job was ultimately to get those guys four year. We had forty guys go Division One, and he did. Uh, he's one of those guys, and he had many offers. So everybody knows out there, he's had, he had many offers. Uh, but Coy, a lot of guys might want to know. Okay, we didn't see him on the show that much. Why not? Because you were one of the better players, obviously the number one outside backer in the country. Uh, you know, Jermaine Johnson was was wrote, voted the number one player in the country with the hype that he had coming from his other year in JUCO. Um, so you're on a team with a lot of talent, obviously that went a lot of Division One kids went went D one. Why why did you chose or uh, choose to? not be on the cameras as much and what what was your whole philosophy as far as that whole thing goes I mean for me personally uh, it just didn't really feel like the right platform that I wanted to have to, to get where I wanted to get with my situation personally you know I was coming from a coming from another four year university uh, FCS school mm. um, I wasn't highly recruited out of high school and you know I wanted to raise my stock 
and you know prove myself right and so for me it was more so in that year about you know just taking care of my own business uh you know staying keeping my head down and just making sure i could get where i wanted to get so for me it just didn't feel right didn't feel natural uh personally so that's kind of that was kind of my whole philosophy with it no doubt and you saw everything going on and you saw the knucklehead side of it all the idiots that wanted to play around uh, in the dorms and all that shit and <laughs> and you heard this drama and you saw it yourself what you know what what tell the fans like what why are you different and why didn't you make that left at the stop sign and you did like what I would preach every day make a right at the stop sign why why did you make that right why did you what made why did you have the tough skin and a lot of guys don't why do you think junior college kids uh fall for the okie doke so to speak and they go the 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 I guess you, they travel the the path with the least resistance, so to speak. So why did you go the the harder way and 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 the more humbler, uh, humbling route uh, compared to these other guys? Let everyone know, you know, why is it that way? Why does JUCO kids get a bad rap? And 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 half of it, you could be real, because they're some of them fuck up and some of them are there for the reasons that you're there for, which is uh, out of necessity. Um, some guys go there because they. They didn't have the grades or, or they got kicked out of a four-year or whatever. Uh, just so everybody knows, Coy did not get kicked out of a four-year. He came out of necessity because of a bad situation. Um, we gave him another shot, and uh, and we wanted to help him get to the next next level. But he saw a lot of kids get cut. He saw a lot of kids do stupid shit. And, you know, I'm sure he still sees it. But what 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 made you different, and why do you think there's, there's so many kids that can't get right? Yeah, I mean... Uh, you you know you know better than anybody else. Uh, you know, JUCO is a, a, it could be a platform, you know, to to shoot yourself upwards, or it could be, you know, somewhere where you slip through the cracks. And you know, for me, I made the choice to to leave VMI. You know, the FCS school. You know, it's a military school, and uh, you know, I want to play at a higher level. Not necessarily didn't know if I wanted to be in the military. And so, uh, you know, for me, I knew that I knew that, that it was going to be one or two things when I got there. And so you know, I could shoot myself forward or I could slip through the cracks. And, you know, I just really didn't want to go out sorry, to be honest. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I had people who believed in me, people close to me. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to make the most opportunity. So that's kind of where I was at. No doubt. I mean, you know, being around, man, having a cup of tea in the NFL myself, playing at the, that level and, and sending so many kids to four-year schools and 27-plus to the NFL, you know, I – you know when you know, and I knew when I saw Coy walk in the room the first day, you know, he was about business. I think I'm a good judge of character. He was about, he had that it factor when he walked in, and I know he'd been through quite a bit, and I know he, uh, you know, give the fans a little bit of your background, Coy, and I'm going to spin off of it. Kind of go give them your, you know, your ethnicity, where you're from, your background real quick, just briefly. Yeah, so, uh, you know, my family comes uh, from South Sudan, and some people who don't know too much about Sudan, uh, basically, my family came to America like in the early '90s as refugees of the civil war out there. So, you know, my parents and my older siblings were traveling around East Africa to different refugee camps, and uh, I made it here to America. Uh, you know, a few years before I was born, and so I grew up with uh, five siblings, a uh, single parent household. My mother and we moved around some different places. So I was born in San Diego. I was born in Southern California. Uh, 
spent a lot of my younger life in the Midwest. So grew up in like the Minneapolis area, Minnesota. Uh, also lived in uh, Northwest Iowa, and then kind of ended up in Virginia, uh, right outside of Washington D.C. And that's where I went to high school. Yep, yep, good. I was, that's what I was gonna get to. I was just like, for a kid that's gone around, you know, I was not known, Spree, as you know, to have a lot of color in it. You know what I'm saying? We know that. So you know, Coy coming, <laughs> going around from from San Diego, which does you go to Iowa, then he goes out to East Coast, All right? And uh, you know, I know military uh, background stuff that does that, but you know, and he goes on the East Coast, and then you know, he was at a, at a school that had some issues, so he wanted to get away from it. And we don't need to go into it, but he he got out of there, and uh, and I knew when he left there for the reasons he left there, um, I knew that it was a good situation. I knew he was a kid that needed to get out and get back to a four year. So I knew he had the tough skin to do it, and he did, and he proved me right. And uh, I appreciate the hell out of it. Um, Corn. Sound, like, sound like Corn, you was on a mission, man, to do what you have to do. You know, you, you sound, yeah. you know, it sound like you're real professional, you know, already at a young age, and a lot of cats don't have that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. What, uh, look, Corey, we had some, we had some, uh, fan questions, man, that we shot out there, man. And, you know, you know, the show likes people that, controversial so i guess your your old coach used to, i guess he's controversial man i don't know i thought i was just a normal cat you know? oh, yeah. uh but you know we had uh you know my twitter followers went up and shit being on netflix a couple years so uh we shoot out questions now and we get all this stuff so look man there's a question here and they want to know um and it's funny i want you to be real i don't you don't got to sugarcoat nothing <laughs> Um, this is the slap dick podcast. Oh, yeah, you know how to do that. I already yeah, know. I, I already know. I already know. <laughs> um, what was the best part about playing for Coach Brown? Oh shit! Here we go. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, when I first got to, uh, you know, we come in and you know we bring all these guys in, and there's so much turnover every semester. And so I got there in January with a whole new group of guys and. You know, you y'all were just putting us through it, like you know, boot camp style, and uh, you know, cussing everybody out, you know, this, that, all that. And uh, I wasn't sure how I felt about you when I first got there. Yep. Obviously, just off the, just off all of that, but uh, you know, as 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 I gained respect, you know, through hard work in the program, and you know, we started speaking more one on one, and I was able to come into your office. You know, we started to build a relationship. I really. You know, my all of my opinions changed, and uh, I have a lot of respect for you know the, the 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 way you look out for us and me specifically, and you know just understanding that if there's anything I ever needed, I could I could go to your office and have that conversation. And so, uh, I guess it was just I, I realized that it was it was you know two different people. You know the way that the way that it is in front of the entire team. You know, when you gotta set people straight and keep them keep them on the right path, and then there's the, the individual relationship. And I think, uh, especially towards the end, I think the individual relationship really began to grow. So, no doubt, you know, and I could go in and talk to you and, and be good to go. So, no doubt, yeah. I appreciate it, man. I mean, whatever you thought about him, coin from the from the get go, that's who he is. Don't let him fool you. I gotta deal with this <laughs> motherfucker every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, I'm gonna peel the skin like, off the onion. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the crazy thing is, uh, I remember we, we used to have team meetings. So I, I've maybe been there for a week, two weeks. And they would film the weight room sessions. They would film all the weight room sessions, especially the new guys to see how hard they would work <laughs> and to see if they would fall down the list. I remember 
we were in a meeting and it was like, uh, you know, they put the, they put the camera on me and it was in front of the whole team. They used it. They were just talking about the list, you know, the form, how hard you work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, I got up on the screen and he was, he was like, Hey, this dude fucking Luol Dang right here. <laughs> he works hard. He said, all you new guys, you got to work like this. And, and I just laughed and, uh, you know, just try to kind of keep that good impression from from then on. Oh yeah, yeah. he'll put you on. He'll put you on blast. I think that's why you didn't want to want to be on camera <laughs> with the show. That's the real answer. I'm gonna give you the real answer. He's like, fuck that. I'm not gonna have this white motherfucker yeah. cussing me out on this fucking show. Yeah, so you did. You did exactly. a good choice on that, man. <laughs> exactly. That's why exactly. I can't. That's why I can't coach with him, man. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people say that, but you know, Coy, I appreciate you, man. That that. You know that's the that's the thing about though that's coaches man. Uh, even at the four year, I don't know what your interaction is with the head guy. I know I know him pretty well, and I know those guys. But you know it's hard, man. It's a, it's a, it turns into a business. Um, you know at the four year level, coaches are are professionals. They're paid big money. They're they uh they they have to do what they have to do. But at the end of the day, if I was a Division One head coach, um, you know I would my thing is still you know you treat the team the same, but every individual is treated differently, and you know that's how I was and. You know, I couldn't talk to you the same way as Jermaine. I couldn't talk to you the same way as um, some slapdick, uh, you know, red shirt. I mean, things change for who you are. And so uh, everyone's different. You got some people you can cuss out, some people you don't. I didn't have to cuss out Coy. You know what I mean? And he didn't require it. He didn't He didn't have it. Um, yeah, you never, you treat, it's like your kids, man. Yeah, it's like your it's, kids. You, got, you, and, you, you treat know, them all a little different. You know what I mean? Yeah, you and love then, them all the same way, but you treat them a little different. And Coy don't know when you're a head coach. Yeah, you. You, when you're a head coach, dang, you know, when I I don't get to really sit down with you like I really wanted to as a coordinator. See, when I was a coordinator, everybody said, oh, Coach Brown, JB is the coolest. He's the, he's the realest players coach there is. Well, you know, when you're a head coach, you take that different. You can't do it like you used to do it because – you know, everybody else sees through you. They want to say, oh, I can do this. I can get away with that. Even the assistant coaches. And you know how it is in, in JUCO. You got young coaches um, who don't know shit, and they're they're trying to get there. You know, we got 13 coaches, Division One jobs during my four years there. But um, at the same time, you know, you're still going to get bad-mouthed and shit because how you, it's a results-oriented business, as you know now uh, at that level. Um, coaches get fired, man, in this level at the, every day. And uh, – you know, we just went through Black Monday. Look how many NFL coaches got fired. I mean, that's just what it is. And now Division One coaches are getting entertained and um, so on and so forth. So I appreciate it. But look, here's a, it is. This is a interest. This is a better question. Um, second question is, um, what was the least favorite uh, <laughs> time or 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 story you got or any of that um, about playing uh, with me? Man, so uh, I think it ended up on the show. I think it ended up on the show too. And uh, it was when we went on a little, we went on a little skit, we went on a little losing streak. And, and you were done with it. You know, a lot of guys were trying to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you, and so you kind of decided nobody was sacred in the team meeting. And so, I, there was a team meeting where, uh, you know, I think you had just found one of the young coaches and. And, and we were real cool with them. And, and I think you knew we were upset about it personally. Mm. Like me, Jermaine, Chance, a few of those guys. And so just right there in the team meeting, you just brought it, you brought it to a face. And, you know, just kind of cussed us all out individually. 
and uh, that was probably the only t- that was probably the only time I ever got it from you. But I was hot. Yeah, I was mad. I think I think it showed up on the screen there, but yeah, that was, that's probably the only time I could think of. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. We don't need to say names, but I know what you mean. I, I know. Uh, hey, you know, hey, you know, man, shit happens. You know, I I hated that the, you know, I didn't care about the cameras. The, you know, I'm a, I was worried about the microphone because I'm gonna say what I say, and you know, we had a, and that leads to the next question, obviously. Um, and it kind of goes hand in hand, but you know, I have my own theory. You may have your own, which is the question I'll ask you in a second. But that's kind of. You know, when, when like I said, when the wheels fell off and it was like, shit, we lose the game by one point, we lost the game by three, we lost another game by one, Damn. and it just became, and then we get blown out by the worst team in the league, and then it's like, okay, now I know, you know, um, it's bigger than anything else because I've never had a team like this, even though we were as talented as anyone we had played, obviously. Garden City plays for the national championship. We're beating them 21 nothing in the first five minutes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. that tells you our talent level. That wasn't the problem at all. Um, but you know it all falls on me at the end of the day so I took it like a big boy and I explained that to everyone but you know the question that people had is why why did we have so many kids go division one and then we went two and eight now Coy before you answer this is my thing I think we had a bad nucleus not only coaches you know at the end of the, when you're a player you don't know the ins and outs you don't know a lot of the things that some coaches do and that's why I had to get rid of some coaches because at the end of the day my only concern, dang, as you, I hope you knew, was you guys. And I didn't give a shit about the coaches as far as how they are. I gave a shit about getting them jobs. I gave a shit about them as humans. But if, if they fucked up and they weren't doing what they're supposed to do that altered your future, then I got rid of them. And that's what it's about. It's about you guys. And that's especially at the JUCO level. So I'd get rid of them. So, you know, I thought we had a bad nucleus in totality. Coaching players uh we had so many kids just pop up because of the show um i think so too many guys wanted to be on camera and it wasn't just players trust me uh it was coaches um and i think that's why there was so much disconnect uh starting with me and the staff and the kids because i knew stuff that you guys didn't know i knew that the cats wanted to be on camera and that wasn't what it was about for me. I didn't give a shit about the cameras. I was worried about getting Koi Dang to Cal. I was worried about getting Jermaine Johnson to Georgia. I was worried about getting so on and so on and so forth. So my thing is, um, you know, you know me. Wins and losses don't mean shit to me. I've won enough games in a long time. And if you coach long enough, you're going to have a bad year uh, or two or three. Um, but coming off winning it all the year before you get there on the first year of the show, and then we get the second year and we have a lot of returners. We got a great, uh, you know, on paper, we got all these big-time players. But, you know, as you know, stars will get you fired in this business. Um, what is your thought? Why did you think we lost so many games by so many close amounts of points? We, we, you know, we lost, what, three games by one, a game by seven? Uh, you know, what do you think? What was your whole uh, outtake on it? Yeah, so I think it was a lot of distractions. There was a lot of distractions going on with the TV show and the cameras and, mm-hmm. and people wanting to come be around the team and be around Last Chance U. I think that was certainly an issue. And uh, I think the buy-in was going to be really important mm-hmm. from the players and, and from everybody involved in the program. And I think, uh, you know, it was one of those things to where uh, we lost, a t- I think we lost a tough game to Hutch real early. 
Yeah. The Hutchinson, who was a really good team. Yeah. You know, that was, you know, probably close to us in talent level. You game, know, talent wise, two. we probably had good. Yep. Yeah, game two. Talent wise, you know, we probably, arguably, you know, might have had the most talented team in the country in, in junior college. But, yep. uh, you know, it doesn't mean anything if, 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 if you know, people are bought in yep. 100%. Yep. Uh, you know, get caught up in distractions and, and old agendas. Know, we have guys the, on their own agenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And can't, can't put the team first, and so I can't. I can't sit around and play blame because yeah. I was obviously part of it. And I, I, I sat there. I lost all those games too. So yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's your character. That's, that's, that's where I'm at with that. You yeah. just got high character, though, so that's yeah. that's different. There's a lot of guys I bet you I'll bring on the show. They'll say, well, Coach, cause, uh, you know, this and that. But, I mean. You had a lot, a lot more cats like you, uh, you know what I mean? The nah, season probably been a little different. Well, the first year we did have more guys like Coin. You know, even, right. though, even though we had, like, some fuck-ups and we had dudes that wanted to do their own thing, mm-hmm. at the end of the day they bought in. We See, Coy, I got a thing. I got a philosophy, man. You, you win six days out the week, and you know my motto was win, what's important now, but – you win six days out the week. I thought that game, the day sevens took care of themselves. And day sevens was obviously for us Saturdays, game days. You know, I've never had a team lose six days out the week. And we lost six days out the week. Mm. Uh, basically, all 10 weeks, we had dudes stealing at Walmart. We had cats cussing out people at the at the burger stand. Smoking weed. Smoking weed. <laughs> you know, all the shit. I mean, yeah, weed's epidemic. It's yeah. everywhere. But I'm just saying, like... You know, we had shit that we never, I've never had under my watch, and then you know, uh, at least to where it was transparent. Now right. this shit was transparent; it was all over. I was getting calls from managers at burger spots in town. You yeah. got a kid cussing me out. You know, just the little shit that we we hated to do, and Man. especially in a town of nine thousand people in white America. Oh yeah, let me keep it real. We're in you know middle, me middle America, live. white America. And, and, we went you know, to Kansas, so you know how that go. You know, you play, so you know, dang, he played with me in Kansas <laughs> and in college, so he knows the deal. Oh but, yeah. yeah, so you know, yeah, he knows. So that's why that's my whole thing, man. I just thought that we had a uh, at the end of the day we had a bad nucleus, and, and you know, I thought I don't know if the cameras helped um, anything. Obviously, I think it. You know, I, like I said, I told TMZ, man, I turned down four hundred people. Um, that wanted to just come, um, that wanted to be a part of it because of the cameras. And um, that shit was just unbelievable to me. So, um, you know, that was just one of those things, man. So, um, so look, man, what, what, uh, everybody wants to know why Koi Dang, out of all places, chose to go to Cal. Because I've told other four year schools, they would, they would, you know, LSU and, these, you know, I know Coach Ogeron well, and they're playing for the national championship um, this year. So people might say, well, damn, Dane could be playing for a natty. People, if you guys don't know, Coy Dane was offered by LSU. Um, didn't even take a visit, did you? Uh, nah, nah. Yeah. It, was, it was supposed to be after my Cal visit. When I came off my Cal visit, I knew, I knew it was the right place. So. Oh, hey, wow. that's that's the character you guys are listening to out there. That's the guy. You fell that, in love with California. That's what it was. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nah, he, he was in Northern went, Cali. You know, went to a couple of bars and stuff and seen the females, and he uh, he, he stayed down this way. Nah, dang, ain't even like that. <laughs> nah, <I'm> just, yeah. <laughs> nah. He, uh, no, nah, but dang, what what what? Why was it the right fit? I mean, a lot of people say you know you didn't even visit LSU. You had a shot. I mean, Coach O was Coach O was blowing me up. Why you weren't coming? And I'm just like, look, this cat's a hair. You know, I, I met that day we sat in my office with. Texas A&M and 
they were begging you and you were like, coach, I think I made my decision and, and I'll never forget that time. And so I knew right then, you know, what you were about, which is, is, uh, you know, real recognize real, you got to respect it. And that's why, you know, me, you know how I was with those four year guys, I'm an asshole. So I'm letting them the cats know that you were off the market when you've told me you were done. Um, what did Cal have that everyone else didn't have? And, and sometimes you go with your gut, and I understand it, and it's all obviously worked out for you. Uh, if I'm right, and I know um, I could be wrong, but I think you you finished fourth in the Pac-12 in tackles. Um, people can argue playing out of position for the most part as far as your body type and your skill set, but at the end of the day, you're fourth in tackles. Um, you got a, I think one of your teammates ended up first in tackles. Um, so, you know, what – what made Cal the right fit for, for Koi Dang, and why, why is it, uh, you know, the best fit for you? Yeah, so, uh, so for me, it was a little bit different. I was, I was a little bit older than, than some of the other guys coming out of JUCO, and so I had been somewhere else before. Um, and, you know, I think I knew what I was looking for, and so it was cool to get a lot of that attention from a lot of those schools and, and the SEC and some of those other leagues, but uh, you know, when I got to Cal, it, it, it just it checked a lot of boxes for me. I was just trying to look at it from a holistic standpoint. And so, uh, you know, obviously Berkeley being the number one public school in the entire world, in the nation, in the entire world, obviously that's, that's big right there. That's a big opportunity in itself. And being right there in the Bay Area uh, with all the opportunities that come with the Bay Area and, and you know, Oakland. Uh, Oakland's a city that, that I love to be around. I love the culture. Out of all of that, and uh, also, you know, just from a football standpoint, in, in 2018, Cal had one of the best defenses in the country, mm-hmm. and you know, it was bringing the majority of the guys back, and it was one of those things to where it was a team that was defending in the Pac-12. I really felt like the culture of the team and, and the coaches and people that were there didn't all had the same type of values, and so it was one of those situations to where it just it felt like it made sense football-wise in terms of life and in terms of school. And, and on top of that, having some family in the area, you know, my oldest brother, we're 12 years apart. Yep. And he has a family, uh, he has a wife and three kids, and they, they live an hour away mm-hmm. down in the South Bay. So it was, it was just all types of things that just, you know, I just felt right when I got there. You know, I felt different than anywhere else I've been before, and I knew what I was looking for. So it's cool. Uh, you know, you can get caught up in the hype or trying to get go to the biggest you know, a uh, place that you, the biggest offer that you get, but it might, it might not be the, the right place for you. And so I think Cal was just the place where I knew that I was going to be able to succeed in every facet of life and be somewhere that I knew I wanted to be. No doubt. Much love. Yeah, I had a question for you, uh, Coin. Um, what was what was the speed, since you was already at a big college, what was the speed difference when you went to JC? Was there a big difference for you uh, playing at, at a high level? And then going to the JC uh, uh, realm. Yeah, so I didn't come. I didn't come from a Power Five FBS program. I came from an FCS school back home in Virginia, and uh, I think going and playing in JC in Kansas, it's, it's a really it's a good league with a lot of good competition, and it's a lot of bounce backs that come there, big time recruits, or kids with a lot of ability and a lot of potential. So. You know, it's a lot of big-time athletes that play in those leagues, but I think the difference between junior college, the biggest difference between junior college and, and you know, Division One football is probably just the level of execution and the X's and O's. That's, that's the big difference. 
good dudes I played against in Kansas, whether it was like Hutchinson and Garden City mm. or uh, some of these other schools that they they could they could be really good players and they could play on Sundays. But it's just I think the execution and the, the between the head is it's just elevated to a higher level than power football. Between them ears and the helmet uh, is a lot different. Ninety percent mental, and that's what the game is, and that's what it is at the next level. And and Coy, I you know I I've uh, I never bashed Cal or anything, but I did bash some Pac-12 schools on Pac-12 Network. Obviously, I was invited <laughs> on Pac-12 Network, and uh, here we go. <laughs> and you know uh, you know they asked me they're like da 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 da, and I go listen. SC should never be as bad as they are. Number one, um, you're in Los Angeles. Are arguably the the hottest or the best recruiting hotbed in America, and you're at SC Heisman University. I mean, you you know you're Hollywood. I mean, there's too many things for you to be the last Pac-12 school in recruit in terms of recruiting rankings. It blows my mind. So obviously, I talk shit about SC and some other schools, but going to your point, who you played against at in, in at Indy. I tell people every day, I said, I've been doing this a long time. I got 27 in the league. I got 220 plus Division I kids. I've seen them all. I watch USC UCLA. I watch Oregon State play Washington State. I saw Arizona State play Arizona. And I'm like, there is literally, Coy, three to four kids out there that could possibly have played for me at Indy. And I wanted your take on it because, like you just said, there is more talent in the Kansas Jucos that we played in, and especially on our Independence's team, than there is in the country on a lot of four-year schools. But it goes back to, can you go to class? Can you stay out of trouble? Can you do the right thing? And, you know, there's 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 players that are Alabama-offered kids um, that don't make it because of academics or what have you, and then they have to go Juco. So there's a ton of those kids that people don't realize. They're either going Juco or they're going Division two. Right. So there's a lot of great-ass Division one kids that don't make it Division one right out of high school. So guess what happens? Juco gets them. So that was my whole point. Let me go get them. So, Coy, you know, my thing was, like, how do you – how do you – how do you compare the Pac-12 to the rest of the leagues right now? Do you think the Pac-12 is on an upswing now after, you know, you guys beat in Illinois um, out in the, out in that you know, out in the Big 12, 10? You got you got a you you know you you beat Ole Miss uh, if I'm not correct if I'm not right you you beat Ole Miss. Um, you had something to do with that stoppage on the goal line because you know I watch you play, boy. Um, <laughs> so. What do you think you compare? You played against an SEC school. I mean, a good friend of mine just took that job, Coach Kiffin. Um, they'll be better than they were, obviously. But um, how do you compare? Do you think you could compare with those schools right now or the rest of the teams? Or or are they down? And um, do you see them coming up? Or are you just worried about Cal and say, Coach, I don't care about the other schools. I'm worried about us, and I think we're going to have a great 2020. Um, but comparatively, what do you think? Uh, so. You know, I agree. I agree with the point that you made about there being a lot of talent at some of the Kansas junior colleges. And I think at, at Indy, you know, the, the talent we had was probably could probably eclipse a lot of four-year schools. Uh, you, well, when you talk about the Pac-12, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of play, it's a lot of players in the Pac-12. It's a lot of big-time players, and so you could talk about SC. 
which I won't, I won't speak. I won't speak on it too much, just because I don't want to sit around and talk about all of this. But no doubt, I, no see, doubt. I mean, that's a team. That's a, that's a team that has a lot of big football players. Oh yeah, wide receivers. And, they got the probably the best wide receiver yeah. crew in America. I mean, I, I'm be honest. I know that. Yeah, and I and I, I seen it on display myself. So sure. Uh, you know, they, yeah. So they got a lot of big football players, and you know, it's just sometimes it, it takes time to build a program up to where you want it to be. But, sure. Uh, in the pack, in the pack twelve, you know, I felt like we were playing against first round picks, you know, on a weekly basis, and a lot of guys that are going to play on Sunday. So, SC is definitely one of the schools with a lot of NFL talent. Sure, and I got a lot of respect for the head coach. You know, he he came he came and found me post game and shook my hand and told me he thought I was a hell of a player. Yeah, and Coach Helms a great a guy. Coach Helms a great guy. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And so. uh uh, I, I would disagree with the point that, you know, you watch SC play and some of these other Pac-12 teams and three or four of them yeah. will play. Yeah. But So you think there's more yeah, players on of, You think there's more players per team than I think? Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so, and I think the Well, you the played them, shit. The you played them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't exactly. play, so you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the Pac-12 is a league. The Pac-12 is a really good league, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, our biggest issue is we just all take each other out. No doubt. Mm-hmm. And you and in your split so. league, you're you're another split league, kind of like SEC, uh, East and West. So you're a split league, and and you know, um, you know, Oregon beat a good Wisconsin team yesterday. I thought uh, that that showed a lot. Uh, I'm I'm glad. I'm trust me. I'm rooting for the Pac-12. I'm a West Coast guy, so I obviously want the Pac-12 to do well. Um, you know, over the years we just haven't fared too well in the bowl seasons. Um, for whatever reason, whether kids want to just go to the league and they want to say, fuck, I don't want to play in this shitty bowl game or, you know, we didn't make the final four, so we want to get out of it and go early or someone gets hurt and chooses not to try to risk their NFL future. I mean, all those things play into tact. I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm just saying um, we haven't fared well. Um, Washington being the only school a couple years ago that made it to the BCF playoff, um, you know, I think Cal's a promising school. I think you guys are on the rise. I think uh, Oregon, obviously, and, and I know you guys up in the north together, you, you got to beat them guys out. Um, you know, so what what are your goals personally and, and collectively for next year going into 2020? I mean, we got big goals. You know, coming off the Red Box, winning the Red Box Bowl is cool, but uh, that's, that's, that's not the end-all, be-off of where we want to be, obviously. So, I mean, you look at our offense. Uh, you know, we were seven and zero when, when we had our starting quarterback for the entire game this year. No doubt. You know, he he broke his collarbone. You know, we started out four and zero. He breaks his collarbone. Uh, you know, we go on a little slide and deal with a lot of injuries and yep. and you know don't execute on the stretch and we, we go down the slide and then we we come back and win four of our last five. And so you know, being able to bring back eleven of, of our starters on offense from the bowl game and eight from defense. You know, we got high goals you know, to, to hopefully be able to compete to win the league and and, and play in, in the best bowl game we can. So that, that's basically where we're at as a program. For me, it's just, you know, trying to elevate and step up as more of a leader. And, you know, just get my body right, get my rehab right, putting on a few pounds and just getting ready to have a, have, have a big year as, as, a, as an individual and as a team. No doubt, no doubt. I know you will, um, and I know you'll lead them. So, look, it's your senior year. Um, 
you know, I know we. I'm going to have Raheem Boyd on, who who was one of the leading rushers in the SEC two years in a row on on obvi- arguably the worst team. They haven't won an SEC game, um, so that tells you that that that's speaking high vo- quality. You know, it speaks volumes of what he's been able to do in in, in an SEC playing in Alabama every year in Auburn, um, def- high high teams that are great on defense, and then for him to have, you know, hundred yard games against those guys. I mean. Uh, obviously, I knew when I recruited him and got him, he was a big time talent. But he's chose to come back. Obviously, you're coming back. You said as well. What um, uh, you know, what where do you, what do you think your your stock is? Like, do you do you care how high you are? You just do you want is NFL the end all for you, or do you even say no? I'm just worried about my degree. My question is to you, I guess. When do you graduate uh, with your BA or your BS and uh? And then what is your what is your future admirations as far as with the playing career goes? Yeah, so for me, um, I knew I wanted to be here for two years. And to be honest, I feel like I, I, I need to come back. And, and there's some things I can really, I feel like I can be a whole lot better than I was. Uh, you know, I had, had a pretty productive year, but I think I, I, feel like I can do a lot more. Sure. So from that standpoint, and also just making sure to graduate from here, uh, you know, I have a plan to move forward. So, uh, for me, you know, I'll be done here uh, next December. Oh, good. What's your What's your What's your I'll major? Be done. Uh, my major is American Studies. Cool. And uh, and my concentration is in business, so I'm taking a lot of classes through the business school. And so, yeah, for me, it's just I feel like it's a big off season. You know, I feel like I really know the things that I want to focus on. You know the plan is clear, and then and they'll give me opportunity to be really successful. So, just trying to set the bar high and, and do everything I can while I'm here, and then everything else after that will sort itself out. No doubt, no doubt about it. Shit, that's uh, like I said, everybody out there, you know, you you get to hear the young man in person. You got to know who he is a little bit since you didn't get to see him on the show uh, on Last Chance You because of uh, not because of who he is, because of uh who he is <laughs> so you know um that's that speaks volumes of uh of uh coy dang and, and how he is and he's at a great institution coy i don't know if you know this but i'm the only juco coach ever to send a kid to cal and vanderbilt in the same year people don't realize what the importance of that is well what is the importance of that coach well vanderbilt and cal don't recruit juco kids like that number mm-hmm. one it's an act they're both academic high academic schools uh, obviously, and and Coy handled his business. He did his shit. Um, we had another kid go to Vanderbilt, uh, played corner um, uh, on the same team with Coy. So he he went to Vanderbilt, and you know a lot of Vanderbilt don't recruit JUCO. I know the head mm. coach there real well, and uh, you know so it's a uh, it's uh, those two kids handle their business is my point, and 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 got to go to a powerhouse uh, academic school like Cal and uh, Vanderbilt. So I mean. Those guys handle their business and just, you know, for everybody out there, shit, you do your, you handle your business, man. I don't care where you're at. Um, great things happen to great people. And, and like I said, Coy's one of those great humans in the world, man. And, and it was a pleasure, Coy, to, uh, coach you, man, and, and, uh, get to talk to you again. I have to come check you out this year, man. I'm only about five, six hour drive away. Um, especially if you come down and play UCLA or, or SC, uh, I got to make it no excuses. So mm-hmm. I'll come check you out and, uh, you know I'm rooting for you, brother, and I hope you uh, you ever need anything from me, man. Anything, you know how to hit me and uh, and go from there. But uh, hey, man, kudos to you, and uh, I want to wish you a happy New Year. And thanks for coming on, man, and uh, being part of the new podcast we got going. 
And uh, yes, we'll yes. see what happens, Coy. You know, I, shit, I'm just chilling, man, back out here in sunny Cali. And <laughs> uh, I got to hook up with you soon, man. But I but I appreciate everything, man. You know, it's all love on this end. And uh, I want to ask him something, Coach, before. Yeah, go ahead. You know what I mean? got a question for you, Coy. Well, what, what, to get hyped before the games or what you listening to, man, as far as music and stuff go? This guy's I, a producer, I'm a, Coy. I'm a producer, so. Yeah, you know, this motherfucker think I, he's I, uh, fucking I, Drake. And I try shit. to stay in the mix, man. What you listening to out there? I listen to on a game day. So, yeah, just just uh, this period or the game day to get hype. You know, you're in the Bay Area, yeah, dog. Right. You know, I'm an E40 cat. You know, you youngsters <laughs> don't know about E40. That's that hyphy shit. Even though I'm from the ooh. SoCal, but uh, ooh, yeah. but shit. So for me, especially if we play an evening game, we played a lot of evening games this year. When I get up, I'm listening to slower music. I'm listening to like R&B. This this jazz slow music and, and as we get closer to the game, that's when I start to pick it up. Oh, shit. And so once we start getting so once we start getting closer to the game, I might listen to some some Nipsey Hustle, some Jay Z, some uh I listen to the game, the documentary. Oh, I listen yeah. to uh Sean Glizzy. Oh yeah. So a lot of that music. Don't mention the game, you know, this cat thank you from Compton. So don't mention the game. He get excited hey. over here and shit. Hey, yeah. Coy born in San Diego. You heard him say he was in San Diego. He West Coast cat. Yeah, that's why you heard Nipsey. You hear game. You hear shit. But I, I'm glad you listen to some jazz, man. That's what I do. I I uh, listen yeah. to everything, man. But I love that jazz. To kind of I put my kids to sleep with jazz, man. When they was little, you know. But that that's that's a good thing that you uh, all over the board with your music, man. Shit. Well rounded. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt, Coy. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on, brother. And like I said, nothing but the best of luck, man. And like I said, if I can do anything for you, I will. And hopefully we'll hook up soon. And uh, nothing but success, man. And uh, 2020, man. Have a, Good luck. You know, have a hell of a year, man. I'm rooting for you. Yeah, no doubt. I appreciate you, Coach. First thing I was going to say when I got on was don't get me in trouble. So I appreciate <laughs> you for not getting me in trouble. Hey, so. hey, I would never, man. I would never. Hey. I had a I had a cat I had a cat deny coming on here today. He was he was all going for coming on, and then he was like, "Shit, cause I can't come on there." Uh, as much as I love you, you know, he's one of my friends too. He's like, "I can't come on it because of his job title." So I'm like, "Hey, it is what it is, man. You know, a square is a square, and a circle is a circle." But I would never put nobody in harm's way, brother. Not to someone I know like you. So now yeah. I'll, I'll I'll put a slapstick on harm's way, but I ain't gonna put you in one. And I get Jermaine on here. No, I might, I might get his ass fucked over, but not you. Um, hey, man, much love though, man. Tell, tell two of y'all sopo. I said, what's up? Quit being a slapdick and call me, and then uh, we'll go from there. All right, brother. Hey, good luck, man. Go, go enjoy the family and New Year's, man. And uh, I'll holler at you. All right, all right, all right, baby. Yep, yep. What, what you think about my man, man? Man, good cat. That's a good nah. cat right there. Now nah, that's why I say. You stayed people, away from the show. That, that's big yeah, right there in itself. But, you know, people want to, uh, they want to relate or they want to fucking correlate or however you want to say it, last chance you with these other cats. And they don't realize the kids we got on there, uh, those are kids that you just heard, Koi Dang, man, like shit. That motherfucker didn't want to be on camera. He didn't give us two squirts. Like he was worried about getting up to Cal Berkeley. And we had a lot of those kids, man. But, you know, you only get to see certain kids on the show um, that, uh, those are Maybe not in, for the right reasons, you know what I mean? Right. Those diamonds in the rough right there, and you gotta polish them shit. Yeah, so that was a good that was a good deal, man. I think Coy did represent himself well. He'll be an NFL guy though. And uh you heard it here first on the Slapdick Podcast, 2020. 
second show. Expect greater things in the future. For the real coach JB, it's free. Out. Everyone has a favorite photo. Now you can turn yours into canvas wall art at canvasworld.com. Canvasworld.com will print your photograph on a handcrafted custom canvas at the size of your choice. They combine the latest technology and environmentally friendly inks to produce canvas prints that are higher quality than ever available before. And they guarantee their work for life. Maybe that's why six of the country's top 10 hotel chains choose Canvas World. Their prices are a fraction of what you'd pay elsewhere. And it's easy. Just upload your photo, choose a size, and you're done. They'll even digitally retouch your photo absolutely free. Place your order at canvasworld.com today and save 35%. Plus, get free shipping when you enter promo code PHOTO at checkout. Get big canvas prints at big savings at canvasworld.com and save 35% and get free shipping when you enter promo code PHOTO at checkout. Check out. Order yours today at canvasworld.com. That's canvasworld.com, where photos become art. It's the last Last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, it's the last chance for you, last chance for me, it's the last chance for you, last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, it's the last chance for you, last chance for me. Let's find a God, man, I'm just telling you.